Aurora, Colorado with my mother, my father, and younger brother who was developmentally and intellectually disabled. Um, I realized my sexual orientation once I was going through puberty at around 12 years of age during sixth grade. Um, I came out to my parents when I was 14 in the summer after I completed middle school. Uh, my mother was accepting, but my father was not. Um, I felt he was ashamed of me, and he was emotionally abusive towards me, and he did not take the time to get to know me, uh, as he should have. Um, he did work to provide for us as a family, but beyond that, like he really didn't um, take the time to make a, a relationship with me. Um, because of uh, ex experiences of lack of bullying and poor treatment um, that I experienced uh, in middle school and um, high school, I did uh, end up graduating early from high school. I was about uh, 16. I was actually 16 years old, and I turned 17 the next month after the month I graduated, which was in May 26, 2001, from Overland High School. Um, let's see. And... In my college years, um, that's when things uh, with the family did get better, and um, um, I did uh, like develop like a better relationship um, um, with my parents. I still currently do uh, live with them, as I did state earlier, and things are much better, you know, at this time. And uh, I'll uh, talk more about to um, um, with the bullying aspects. Um, it was pretty bad. Um, when you come out, it's hard as an LGBT person um, when you come out early, especially at the time uh, that I came out. This was, you know, in the, let's say, like in the late 90s, early 2000s period. And um, uh, the laws, we didn't have the protections that we currently have in Colorado. Um, Colorado has very strong um, anti-discrimination laws in place to protect the LGBTI community, and um, there's a lot more visibility of, of us within mainstream media. A lot more, uh, you know, people are out. There's um, and and a lot more people have come out early as well. Um, you know, in their in, um, teenage years, and a lot more people. Um, are just um, willing to discuss their lives and are open about themselves. So a lot more people, because of the visibility, I feel in general, even more people are educated on LGBTI issues. So a lot more people are comfortable, um, you know, around LGBT people. And, you know, a lot of people have, you know, LGBTI people in their families. Um, you know, they see them, you know, as their teachers, their coaches, the people that you know just people that they see at their workplace like you know so a lot more the visibility is, is the, the key important piece and just um of things have, that having uh, gotten better um for our community um but i did want to do uh, more of an issue with around bullying because it is more difficult when you do come out earlier um, if you do not have a supportive family, if you don't have supportive friends, or you don't feel that you have mentorship um, around to build your character or to guide you um, through, you know, what you're going to experience, because that's very hard. And that is why um, for a lot of LGBTI uh, individuals that there is higher rates of, you know, depression, anxiety, uh, substance abuse um, is due to the fact of not having the acceptance and yeah. not feeling... Um, you know, okay. Um, do, were you asking me a question? No, I was disagreeing. Oh, okay. So, um, I did, um, struggle and even sort of continue to this day to struggle with, um, some mental health issues in relation to depression and anxiety and having a low self-esteem because when you're treated poorly, those are, you know, for a long period of time, that's not something that you forget. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can, you heal from it. You heal from it as best as you can. You know, you do your therapy and you, I, you know, I do have friends now. My family environment is better. So things are not the same, but you still.
treated. Yeah. And you still remember, you know, things, you just still remember negative things, and it's hard to get over those things. Um, but ultimately, um, Colorado is a much better place than what it was when I grew up in it. And um, I do see more, you know, there's, like I said, there's more LGBT people just in the community in general, like in our in our state government and the state Senate and House, um, there's LGBT members. Our governor is a gay man and who happens also to be Jewish as well. And he's married and he has children. Like it's a complete, you know, 180 yeah. from how things um, used to be um, in that regard. Like I have my own personal friendships and I'm friends with everybody. It doesn't matter anybody's background, but there's, there's a lot more diversity and there's a lot more openness, um, to um, just to having other people in your life and the people that you want to have in your life and the acceptance that's you know that is currently there. Mm-hmm. Um, is there is there anything else that I'm missing? I just want to make sure I'm covering everything that um, you sort of want me to talk about. No, you totally got everything. Um, so let's, okay. you have such a life, like um, it's awesome. Um, so let me just jump right into the questions then. So, within your biography, you stated um, that throughout the duration of the time you were in school, you were often faced with bullies and people who were not understanding. Do you think this issue would possibly would have been better if there was more of an LGBTI presence within the classroom, for example, LGBTI plus history embedded within history classes? Okay, um, yes, I would definitely agree uh, with you on that. Um, education is of the prime importance um, for people to, to know of others and to understand others. Um, I think, um, for instance, um, well, I'm going to sort of go off track slightly, but um, like in Denmark, for instance, they, uh, in their educational system, they teach their students about empathy. And, um, which I think, I know maybe some people may find that to be silly, but they teach them why they need to understand other people's perspectives and, and why they need to have that understanding, which I think, I think is very important. So I think that's one of the pieces of it. And it's like, and also teaching them that, you know, regardless of, there's always, people always are going to have differences. And, uh, you know, you need to be, you need to be aware of those differences, whatever, you know, those differences may be, and you should be understanding. That doesn't mean that you can't have your own opinion about something, but it's just to have the awareness that, you know, that things are different. You're going to see different people and be, you know, meeting different people and you just, you just need to be open to that. And you need to, and just to know that because you're also going to, um, want people to deal with you, um, you know, with respect and treat you with dignity. Yeah. And I think that's a very uh, important uh, thing. So so that was just one thing I wanted to talk about. So, but yes, LGBTI history should be something that they teach along with general U.S. history because it's important. Like, you know, because when you talk, especially in regards to the civil rights struggle, yeah. um, in regards to race, um, there's intersectionality is a huge thing because, you know, there's people that happen to be, you know, especially people that are mixed race, which I am mixed race, and happen to be a gay person. And there's also people that may also be disabled, or people that are um, elders, or people that, whatever other, you know, thing that diversifies us, there's people that, that, that are a part of all groups and not just one. Yeah. You know? So it's important for people to understand important for people to understand um, the contributions of LGBTI people in history, in our country, and even around the world, and that people are aware of the things that they changed or the things that they've done to make the world a, a better place or to make it so that other people like them have a better life because of the things that they've done. Yeah. So that's definitely... Um, a big importance. Um, 
So as you so as you touched on intersectionality, uh, do you think within the LGBTI community, uh, white members have have a sense of intersectional activism, or do you think that presence is maybe lacking? I will say that it's always something that can be improved. Um, personally, I felt that it's something that was lacking, but. I would say now, I would even say within like, within the last two years, and especially now with everything that's going on because of what happened with George Floyd and um, um, race issues, I mean, those have always been a problem in our country, just on their own. So um, in relation to the gay community, I think it is something I feel that we're doing better, but there's always room for improvement. And um, it's it is something that I at least see see more of now, but due to what is currently going on. And I'm but I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see that people are taking people are realizing the fact like intersectionality is the key piece. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that we fit into so many parts as human beings. We fit into various groups. We're not just a part of one group of people. So everything that affects one group affects another group, you know? So it's not just, oh, well, that's just a woman's issue or that's just a gay issue or this is just a black person's issue. These issues affect all of us. Yeah. Regardless of, and especially, or you look at it like um, being a younger person versus being an elder. You can't say, oh, well, that's just for an old people's problem or that's just a young people's problem, so I don't have to worry about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we have to we have to worry about issues collectively because if it may not affect you, it affects your best friend, it may affect your parents, or it may affect your spouse, or it may affect someone that you know, <laughs> you yeah. know, so, so it matters. So, um... Let's see if there's, um, I just want to make sure that I'm touching on everything that you asked about that. So it is important for, um, I think, especially for schools to just recognize um, that they are going to have, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender and intersex students. Those students are there and they exist. Or you may, they may have gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender parents, you know. And um, it's acknowledging that that's going to be there. And you need to be aware of that. You need to offer, um, you need to just, it's offering an inclusive environment. And it's being, and um, making sure mentorship is available for all of your students. And making sure, a big part of that too is making sure that that they handle bullying properly and accordingly. And it's just so that it's just letting your students know that you care about what's going on with their experience at school. Because yeah. no one should feel, regardless of what level of education, be it middle school, high school, college, you know, whatever, people should know that when they're obtaining their education that they're in a safe environment. They need to know that if something happens that they can report problems or if they feel that they're experiencing harassment or discrimination, that those things will be, you know, investigated, that it will be heard, and that it will be acted on. And they shouldn't feel like they're being, like, troublesome, mm-hmm. or they feel like they're causing a problem. And that should, and that's how it should be for everybody. Yeah. It should be like that for everybody. But um, it's, and I, and I do know this personally, there are more LGBT teachers, and, you know, people involved in just the administration of education in general, and, you know, counselors and coaches and things like that. So things things are definitely better. And it also, and it does depend on the part of the country that we live in. Because there's more places that are more liberal. There's places that are more conservative. So there's some places that are doing a really good job. And then, of course, there's places that really aren't doing much. Or there's an environment that they're, they're just... They're, they're, I don't want to necessarily say the word hostility. Because I don't want to imply that everybody, you know, that people are just prejudiced. I don't think that most people are just just mean and prejudiced. I'm sure there are, of yeah. course. But I think it's more people don't have the exposure and they're uncomfortable. And they don't have the understanding. 
and they need the education. So the education piece is of prime importance. People need to, you know, they just need to be aware that others are not like them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and that and and they just need and they just need that understanding, regardless if it's if um, being gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender, if they don't accept it or if they have a problem with it. I mean, that's their choice. People can believe as you want to believe. You can think as you want to think, but you still have to respect other people, regardless of how you think yeah. or feel about who they are, what they do, how they do it. You still need to be a human, and you still need to have respect and dignity towards others. So, um, I hope that covered it. (laughs) Yeah, that totally did. So, on that note, do you believe there is an inherent bias or discrimination within the classroom when it comes to LGBTI plus students or even teachers? Um, You know, I will say yes, because... um, just when it comes to things in general, there's always the assumption that, I mean, I don't want to say completely, and it depends on, on, on where we're talking about education. Because as you, did, as you know, middle school, high school, college, when people are educated more than they're aware, they do become more aware of differences. And they do know, they do know that people are different. And they do know, like, when, when they're having discussions and they're talking about certain things or whatnot, they do know they, they you know, that they're watching their language or how they're explaining things, you know, and just to be aware that, you know, those other people are in the room. Yeah. You know, that you're talking about, you're talking about someone that may be sitting next to you, you know, and it's not just, well, none of those people are in the room with us, so we don't have to worry about how they feel or what they think or, you know, you always need to be cognizant um, of those things. So I'm, I'm always going to say yes, because every, every human being possesses bias. We all do, regardless of who we are, how educated we are, but it's just being aware of our thought processes, and when we are talking about certain things, as like a group discussion, especially more sensitive issues, it's just being aware, you know, you need to be aware aware of like how you speak, and you need to be aware of like the words you use, and how they make other people feel. Yeah. So, um... I would say that people are at least doing a better job of doing that, of, of having the awareness of just of just having respectful discourse. Because you can talk about, we can talk about anything, but it's just being, and even if your opinion may not be someone else's opinion, you can still be respectful of another person. Yeah. So that's the, that's the key piece. So, I mean, always, there's always going to be some issue of discrimination somewhere, whether it's, whether it's in, whether it's like implicit, explicit, or whether you know, there's always or you know, there's just always things that we need to just be aware of that we're just we're just being appropriate, yeah, and that we're treating people you know properly, and we're not being disrespectful, or we're not saying things that be, can be construed as being prejudice, yeah, uh, you know, to someone else. So. Um, I think, but I, at the very least, I do feel that in the most part, especially being my age now, especially with my experience that I had, like with going through nursing school, um, I think that it's much better. One thing that I do, I, the thing that's very important, though, is that when you're an out gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or intersex person, is you do, like you, it, you do need to speak on the issues, and you have to let other people know that you are there. Do you know? Because that's another piece. Because yeah. if you don't, if you don't speak up, like say if they're talking about issues that deal with your community, you know what I mean. You mm-hmm. have to speak up and speak out on behalf of things. Because people can say, "Oh, I didn't know this person was a part of this community," or "I didn't know that this was their perspective." Yeah. So now you ended up educating someone and letting them know about how things aren't really like affecting you or affecting your community because they don't know because if they're not a part of that community they just don't know sometimes and similarly you know that even goes back to being within the poc community i can speak on my own experience of maybe just educating friends on their um rhetoric that they use around me um when speaking over uh people of color correct exactly 
So, you said you reside in Aurora, Colorado, correct? Yes. So, what do you believe your state could be doing better for the LGBTI plus protection, or just in general, for the LGBTI community? Well, actually, I, I mean, I'm really, I'm actually very pleased um, with, um, from where Colorado used to be to what, to, to what they offer now, the protections, and um, the visibility that is present now, it's actually very good. Like, we, we are actually a leading state. Like, this is actually a state, we actually have a high percentage of um, LGBTI uh, residents that live in our state, and that uh, many that are partnered, married, that actually do have children. And our state is rel- a relatively safe place. Like, I mean, there's always going to be problems. There's no perfect place, like, where you're just going to be safe from anything. But in general, most people don't don't carry prejudiced attitudes yeah. and or um, strong, like, negative biases towards um, the LGBTI community. We have a lot of uh, programs um, geared towards um, helping... Uh, young people and adults. Um, I'm just um, dealing with um, LGBTI issues, dealing with health care, um, dealing with family planning, I'm dealing just with helping them if they're low income. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of resources that are available uh, to us in the state, especially in comparison to other Midwestern states or Southern states. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Col- Colorado is actually like on the forefront. So um, I actually feel that they're doing enough, like always, like, is there room for improvement for things? Yes, but at least there are there are resources available. Um, and, so, um, oh, sorry, yes. I cut you off. The summer no, you're good. where you resided, is it a, is it primarily blue or red? So Aurora, okay, is, Aurora is actually, people would consider it like it's more conservative i mean it's more libertarian i'll say libertarian means like it's it's a mix of liberal and conservative yeah so it's like being in the middle and since we're a suburb city of denver i mean denver being very you know liberal and older um also um i mean i feel it's i feel it's a safe place to live and um i mean it's it is it is more it is more family oriented, you know, just being a suburb city. It's, you know, a lot of people have children, or it's a lot of people, a lot of retired people and stuff. But I don't think that it's like an unsafe place if you're an LGBTI person. Like, I feel that it's, I feel that it's okay. Yeah. You know? Where I but I feel that the, the state, in, but the state in general, and even the city, I feel that um, it does well. With um with the LGBTI community, like there's good relations. I don't feel that there's any negative things to report about. Yeah, that's awesome though. That's awesome that there's differing opinions, but it's still a safe environment. Um, in Colorado Springs is actually where I reside, and um, it's actually very conservative. It, it's so conservative that even though Colorado is Democrat, Colorado Springs almost swings the vote because we're so red. Um. And with that being said, it's the same thing as Aurora, um, Denver, where we, I feel safe, um, even being a person of color, and I have many friends who are um, in the LGBTI plus community, and they feel safe as well, so I really think that that's an important part, too, that even if we um, have differing views, like I said, and we live in a red community or a conservative community, which I live in, uh, that we still feel safe. Right, I agree with that. Yeah. So, um, also, how much have you seen your state change within the realm of LGBTI discourse and visibility? Uh, Well, I mean, considering, like, I mean, the time from when I grew up until now, like I said, it's completely different. Um, I mean, Colorado used to be known as the hate state when um, there was um, an amendment to the state constitution. It was known as Amendment 2, and there was a group called, like, the Family Values Coalition or something that was actually based in Colorado Springs, and they got a ballot, a language um, 
that was voted on by, you know, members of the state, I mean, by the, um, sorry, citizens of the state, um, to uh, take away um, protections of the LGBTI community under state law for, you know, anti-discrimination protections. Yeah. At that time, Denver and Boulder currently had anti-discrimination laws on the city level, but um, they basically, they did not want um, LGBTI citizens to be considered um, true citizens. I mean, they wanted them to have no protections. So, meaning that, so if there was discrimination against you, in besides uh, like living in Denver and Boulder, you would have no legal recourse um, against that. So, meaning you could be fired from your job, or you could be evicted from where you lived, or you could be denied credit if you tried to apply for a loan or, you know, that things could happen to you that would not happen to other people and you would absolutely have no recourse for it. And this actually did pass in 1992. And I mean, it, it, it motivated the state and a lot of people across the country to act because a lot of people, even if people that didn't necessarily agree with the gay people, uh, gay community or necessarily didn't like the gay community but a lot of people felt that that went too far yeah because you're basically singling out a minority group and you're basically saying oh well we're just gonna you know treat you how we want to treat you and you can't do anything about it and that's you know that's not okay like it's it just isn't so um there was a lot of uproar about it colorado actually lost a lot of business a lot of like i mean a lot of and a lot of organizations in the state that are here now came into being around that time because people said, no, you know, we have to fight back against that. You know, we can't allow that to happen. Um, It ended up going, I mean, because since the amendment did pass on the state level, it ended up going to the Supreme Court in a case known as Romer versus Evans. And the Supreme Court at that time, this was in 1996, overruled the amendment um, due to anti-gay animus. And that was like a six to three vote um, in favor of, of getting rid of that amendment. And uh, it was a very powerful thing because this was like one of the first times where the Supreme Court of the country actually sided with the gay community on, you know, on an issue dealing with discrimination. And uh, so, I mean, definitely if you're going from that time and you're going to the time now, um, let me let me try to bring up some other examples Um, like. in 2007, our state legislature uh, passed um, a statewide anti-discrimination law um, that went into effect January 1st of 2008 that fully protected LGBTI uh, citizens from discrimination in all areas. So, I mean, you have education, employment, health care, um, and the provision of goods and service. And it was a strong anti-discrimination law. And I was very proud I was 24 at that time when that happened. I was very proud of my state for finally jumping on uh, the wagon yeah. uh, for, of doing that. Um, in 2013, I think, or was it 14? I think it was actually 2014 that our state actually ended up passing civil union uh, legislation. And um, that and you know that ended up going to effect I think that same year late I think it got passed like in the beginning of the year and then it went into effect in the summer of that same year so I was very proud of that as well and then as many people know when the Supreme Court um, uh, ruled in favor of uh, same-sex marriage and the Obergefell versus Hodges um, case um, which was very huge which you know basically legalized you know, the ability of same-sex people, of couples, um, to be married anywhere in the United States. Yeah. Um, so a lot of things have changed, and, I've, and I'm just, I'm very proud of Colorado for um, just moving in the direction of justice and fairness, um, you know, for its citizens. And um, let's see, is there anything else I can talk about about that? So I'm just, I'm very proud. And there's even an organization called uh, One Colorado um, that I even have um, a person that I know um, quite well. His name's um, Daniel Ramos, and he heads that organization. And it's one of the uh, main organizations that spearheads um, um, any type of like movement uh, and educates the public about any um, 
LGBTI issues or any time we feel that or, you know, that any type of legislation that's being uh, produced or put forth in uh, the state that could have a negative impact upon our community and they provide a lot of education and, you know, and awareness to uh, bringing awareness to uh, the public about things that could negatively um, impact us. So that's a very strong advocacy organization that I know of, and there's there's a few others. So, um, but the so there's a lot of discourse and visibility. We're in a very we're in a period where um, it's very good, and it's just that the, the fact that you uh, I feel as a gay person, if there's something I need to bring up or I need to discuss, to even in general to the public or to even my friends or family, that I feel that I can bring those things up. And, and that I at least feel that people have a basic awareness of things. Like, I don't feel like I have to give them a full education yeah. about, like, everything that's going on. People do have a basic awareness of, you know, of, like, of like my feelings about things or why if I'm upset about something that's going on or they have, like, at least they understand where I'm coming from about that. So, yeah, so that's, awesome. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, speaking of your state's history, uh, have you ever attended your state's Pride Parade? And if so, what's your experience with that? So I have um, um, throughout, yeah, just like throughout, I I want to say, when was the first time? Was it when I was 16? I think it was when I was 16 years old. So that was in year 2000. I think it was the very first Pride that I attended. And, um, like, so they're, they're super important. Like, um, just seeing, it's the main, especially for, just for visibility reasons, because depending on where you live, if you, especially if you live somewhere where you don't really have that many of people like you that live around you, or, or maybe where you're working, or, you know, just things like that where you just don't have enough or, or there's or you may not even be around anybody that's like you and it's very important or or especially like family members because for me like I am the only LGBTI person in my family you know and that and that's also the um experience of a lot of other people that I know there's some people that are lucky that they may have like a gay aunt or uncle or maybe their parents are LGBT or, or maybe they have several people in their family that are LGBT and um, having pride, it's just very important just because it shows you that there's other people like you that exist um, that are, you know, doing well, that are happy, and they're healthy, and especially there's people that have kids. Yeah. You know, it's showing you that if you do want to have a family, you can adopt or, you know, you can have however you want to, you know, have your family but but that that the options of having a regular life or what people deem having a normal life are open to you yeah and that it's you can exist on a equal level as other people and it's important you know and it just shows you too that you know you can be out you can stand up for yourself and you can talk about you know your issues and you can talk about you know the things that you care about and you don't feel that you have to be silent, you know, to placate others that they may not be uncomfortable because that's not the problem that other people are uncomfortable. That's their problem. Yeah. So um, the prides are very important. I've been to most of them every year. I usually go to the one in Denver. Denver actually has one of the largest um, prides by attendance just by numbers. I, I mean, don't quote me, but I think we have like the, third largest pride due just due to the amount of people that attend it so i think um i think the largest i think it's like san francisco's like number one i think chicago is number two and i think denver is actually number three and the big reason for that is because where we are in the country you have people that come from wyoming from kansas from utah from new mexico a lot of people travel from those states to come to our pride in denver yeah so, um, and then on top of it, um, like, what is it like, you know, Kansas, Utah, and Wyoming, those are like more conservative states. Yeah. Uh, New Mexico is similar to us. It's uh, liberal, uh, like liberal. And uh, so, um, but 
it's usually that people that come from less welcoming environments to places where they can be more open. And that's what, and Denver does offer that. So, um, I've enjoyed it. I've, you know, I go with, go with my friends and, uh, like I was talking about earlier, um, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, people, organizations that are there and, you know, that, you know, just to let other, it's just to let people know that we have a strong presence here. And if there's anything that you need, regardless of what those needs are, is that you can get, you know, those needs taken care of, or you can at least find, you can find any, basically anything you need to connect to whatever it is that you are looking for, for yourself. Yeah. So, um, so the experience, I'd say it's been, it's been pretty good. That's I've awesome. had pretty good experiences. I've been, and I've, I've been to other ones in other states. I've been to the one in San Francisco. I've been to the one in New York and, and it's like, but similar experiences. It's just, you know, knowing that there's a lot of, there's a lot of us around. So you don't want to ever get into like a state of, of like loneliness in your mind where you don't think that there's people like you or you don't think that there's other people going through what you're going through. You know, because a lot of people are going through the same things, you know, whatever that they may be. And I, and it's, and I'm glad that those are there. What I, what I do uh, wish though more is because I feel that pride parades in general are becoming more corporatized, you know, like meaning that, um, because a lot of corporations and I don't, I'm not saying that that's bad completely. But it's sort of taking away from what pride is actually for. Yeah. It's about, it's, it's about the fact that, you know, it's celebrating Stonewall and uh, those riots in 1969, which basically spurned the gay rights movement across the United States. Yeah. And it's just that reminder that, you know, and, and, and I even want to relate it to what's going now with the issue, you know, with the thing that happened with George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement. It's, it's reminding people that it's a social, it's a social movement, it's about education, it's about letting people know that these things are actually about education, and they're about letting people know that it's against injustice, yeah. and it's against, and it's, it's to remind society, it's to keep us on the right track, you know what I mean, and to not fall into a... What is, I'm trying to find the right word. It's 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 uh, like falling into a com- into a into this comfortable spot where you think that oh we've achieved everything and we don't have to fight for anything anymore. Yeah. That is definitely not the case. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, so yeah. So I, that's what I wanted to say about that. I just want to make sure that covered it and that I'm telling you the right steps. So. Yeah. So. Uh, you just recently graduated from the Denver School of Nursing, correct? Uh, correct. Awesome. That's so amazing. Um, do you feel as though you are especially marginalized being a person of color and a member of the LGBTI plus community uh, within the medical field? Well, so, you know, so here's the thing. I honestly, this is something I think is very important. I feel especially, I can only speak from nursing school experience, but I feel in across, um, if you want to just say the medical field in general, I feel that they are not providing the education to their students regarding LGBTI issues because you are going to be taking care of patients from all across the spectrum of life. As, you know, as a nurse, especially, or as a doctor, a pharmacist, you know, whatever the case may be. So you do need to be educated on, um, you know, those issues. And you do need to be educated on how, how best you need to speak to your patients, how, you know, the, your, the language you're using, how you need, how, how, how you come across to your patients or the questions you may need to ask your patients, yeah. you know, um. Because you're held to high ethical standards when you receive your license um, to practice as a healthcare professional. Like, you know, um, the standards of care that you need to provide, the way you need to treat your patients, it's a very high standard that you need to meet. And um, if, you know, you can, your license can be in jeopardy if, you know, if, if you ended up being prejudiced saying something, you know, very, in, 
out of place. You know, you could have your license could be in jeopardy because of that. Yeah. Do you think you know? because of this lack of education, there's an inherent um, bias or discrimination against patients who are within the LGBTI plus community? I mean, I, I would I would agree with that, and but I do want to say, I mean, honestly, really, the majority of people, I would say at least, are at least, at least they have their own awareness and their own understanding of these issues, but um, what's an important thing for me to do, since I am a part of that community, is especially when we are talking about topics that affect the LGBTI community, um, I have to speak up. And I have to sometimes say, hey, um, let me tell you why, like, this, what you're, like, how you're talking about something is not correct, or the way you're referring to these um, certain people is not correct, or um, the way that you would go about doing treatment for this group of people, like, is not correct, and I have to, and I have to speak, and sometimes you have to speak up, you know what I mean? Because people, people just need to know, like, they just need to know how to do things properly and sometimes people don't know sometimes people just actually don't know yeah you know so and it's important um that's a big thing for me because i can't rely on the the medical establishment i mean you i mean to a degree you should because they're they're in the business of education they need to be educating people on on what they're going to be coming into contact with okay yeah and what you're going to have to deal with on a daily basis so, um, I feel in general during my education, I didn't feel like I was like, there was an issue with like discrimination or prejudice, like when I was obtaining my education and there were other, like a few, um, LGBT students also at my school. So I didn't feel that, um, that was an issue. Um, but I think I would like to talk about is now as a patient, like if I obtain healthcare services, I have to make sure, again, that I advocate for myself yeah. and um, that I'm telling a doctor or a nurse or, you know, whatever medical professional, if I'm not, if I don't feel comfortable with something or I don't feel that they're dealing with, like, my healthcare problem or my situation appropriately, then I do have to educate them on that matter. Like, it's, it's you know, it's very important because, unfortunately, even in, in that industry, a lot of, you know professionals you know they're you know they're caucasian they're heterosexual and they may not have and and many of them not all of them many of them may not just have had any experiences with the lgbt community and it's like and and i just have to give them that education and um but yeah i think that answers the question yeah it does um so uh do people often associate your sexual orientation with your achievements, and how does that make you feel? I personally don't think... I don't think so, personally. And in general, like, a lot of people I know, um, like, my gay, uh, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender friends, I know a lot of people that do very well for themselves. Um, you know, and I mean, um, like, just personally... And um, especially now with where we're at in our culture, like, it feels good to know that you can be, especially of me being a gay man, that I can do anything. Yeah. If there's, and like, I, I feel that if there's something I want to, whatever it is that it, I'm trying to, like, like, to be educated to be able to perform in some type of role or something that there's that I want to learn, or if I want to have a business, or if I feel I feel I can do it. I don't feel that there's oh well I can't do that, or oh well they wouldn't want me, or like the public I, I don't feel comfortable doing. Like there's most things I feel I can do. Like I don't think that someone's like oh well you're this type of person and how are you able to do this? Or I haven't I haven't felt that personally. Thankfully, I mean, uh, like, as always, are people going to have some negative feeling about me doing something and may not want me to do it? Like, especially since I'm going to be in in nursing as a gay male, um, once I start having patients, um, and this is something that as a a medical um, professional, 
you know, which mm-hmm. is fine because it's their right to to have the treatment they want by the person they want. You know, so I mean, it's just something that I'm going to have to be aware of. It's not something I worry about, but um, but I don't feel that like it's I don't feel that people do that. What yeah. you were um, asking about, so I'm I at least feel pretty comfortable. Yeah, and even going back to intersectionality, uh, when you were talking about you can you feel like you can do anything. I feel like that even goes back to being a person of color. I speak from my own experience, of course. Um, And, of course, I speak from a privileged uh, perspective as well. I realize that as well because I'm uh, not dark-skinned. But I feel as though, even though I'm a person of color, I can do anything now, um, even though I am a person of color, you know? So I think that is something that we've progressed as well because I remember feeling like, oh, because I'm biracial and because I have a darker skin tone, I won't be able to do that. But I think that's something that really um, has progressed as well. Yes. I I, I, um, agree with that statement. And and I know um, that wasn't really the focus of of our discussion, but like I did say earlier, I'm biracial. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my mom is black and my dad is white. So, um, per, in my own personal experience, um, and, and when it comes to having experienced um, discrimination or um, prejudice, I mean, personally, I've experienced more issues with me being gay than I have being a person of color. Now, that doesn't mean um, within the gay community itself, I will say, and, it's, and this is a true statement, at least from how I feel, there are race issues. Yeah. So even regardless of even even within our own communities, there's still there's still people that have um, prejudice viewpoints or um, or are ignorant and need to be educated. And uh, so I just I just want to bring up that piece because like um, I feel where we are as a society, intersectionality is what is key. Because everything affects everything else. It shouldn't just be all, all of our social movements um, for equality, for justice, for visibility, for everything. Every, it all matters. It, it, like it does. Like it's not just, oh, well, this group just wants this and this group wants that. We're all in it. It affects all of us. At some point in time, something will affect us somehow, some way. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 making sure that you know, it's um it should be about humanity now because yeah. we are human, and we all share so many traits. At, you know, at this point, and and everybody really should be standing up for each other. Yeah, Instead I totally of, it's agree not, with that. Yeah, so that that's where I'm at with with things. Yeah, and I even. It, from my own ex- standpoint as well, see that as well, because as a feminist um, who has gone to uh, the Women's March and um, been very vocal within the women's movement, I see a lot of other feminists as well uh, stand up for women's rights but refuse to post Black Lives Matter. And uh, I feel like when it comes to that aspect, um, you only when you only ag- advocate for one section your activism is not intersectional and like you said that's the intersectionality is key yes it is of, it is of the prime and ultimate importance for for all movements if you want your if you truly want your movement any movement for it to have the greatest impact of changing the world it has to include everybody and this is one thing that I will at least say, even though I feel with the with the um, LGBT uh, movement, and it does need a little bit more work, but the thing that that made it so powerful in creating change is the fact that that anyone who's LGBT, they can be of any race, they can be of any age or any gender. Like when you go to a pride parade, you see, or you know, or, or any type of event or anything, you see different people. It's not just one group of people that you see. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And it represents, it's, and, and that's what it's supposed to, like, I mean, even like the flag, I mean, the, 
even with the addition of like you know the uh like the white brown and black colors and the uh transgender insignia like on the flag which i'm completely i'm completely in favor of it's just and you know with the rainbow colors because it's showing like it's like you know we're like it's like it's reflects like light yeah and like how like there's all these different colors that make light do you know what i'm saying yeah and that's to represent all of humanity it's supposed to represent all people it's not just to represent this group of people that group it represents everybody and i and i hope with because of everything that's happening i really think for things to have the greatest impact i think things need to things need to merge you know i mean don't get me wrong like everyone's always gonna have their like their separate movement because sometimes there are separate demands that they feel um they need to put out there for their group and that's completely fine you know what i mean but i feel now it things things need to be more together because this movement's about all of us like with the especially with the racism i mean this is this has to do with how we treat people this is what this is about this is how we treat people as a society and this is about respect it's about dignity it's about you know it's about education and it's about like you know if you were in a similar situation how would you want to be treated yeah you know like this is about what what we should expect and in regards to like you know the police because um i have i have full respect for what police do for the type of job that they have to undertake it's very stressful it's very demanding so i could um, i can just imagine like I, I i understand from even my own standpoint we should be able to be critical of things that they don't do well but we we do need to be um celebrating what they do right yeah because we don't that's one thing i feel we don't hear enough about is what they do do right like you really never hear about things that you'll hear about it here and there you know but if they do something wrong it's national news you know what i mean which i mean if it's something really terrible then then obviously it's going to be national news but i feel we really need to focus more too on what are they doing right what who are the good officers who are the good people cuz we need to be supporting that yeah cuz there are good people and and we need to um that's, I think that's a part that is missing from everything that's going on because they, they're getting a lot of uh, of neg- you know a lot of negative press and I understand because you know when when someone ends up dying due to unreasonable like I mean beyond even unreasonable actions um, it's very visceral for us and it causes a lot of harm um, to us which warrants the type of backlash you know that's been happening against you know the police across the country um so I'm glad, I'm glad I I mean I did bring that up too because um the LGBT um community itself has um a contentious issue with the police as well due to especially due to the past yeah because of the laws the laws at the time like I mean you could be thrown in jail uh for being openly like you know for like um any businesses especially especially the issue with Stonewall I mean if you were dancing with a member of the same sex that was illegal alcohol could not be served to um gay people like they could shut they could shut places down they could arrest um us and put us in jail um conversion therapy was a huge thing i mean that's still sort of an issue i don't want to sort of get yeah. into that because that's a whole other thing but um um, it wasn't even until 1973 that homosexuality um, was considered a mental a mental illness. Like people could be sent to an in, like be into a facility and have to stay there as an inpatient because they were homosexual. Like, like, like there's some things that people don't aren't even aware of that they don't even know. Like you know that um you know just I was just you know trying to bring you know trying to make you know a relation. Um, to things so there's a lot of work i mean there's always there's just a lot of work that still needs to be done and um yeah yeah so i'll, I'll leave it there i didn't want to go uh, too one far. More <laughs> do you have any advice for young um lgbtqi members or even young poc what would you have to say to them 
to that whole community. What's what's very important, really, is to know that you, I mean, I hope it doesn't sound corny, but really it's the fact that you matter. Your existence matters. What you have to give to the world matters, regardless of how anybody makes you feel about it, about being who you are, what you are, what you do, you matter. And you can be, you can be anything. Anything you set your mind to that you want to become, you can become. And I would advise them, I would advise them to, to seek mentorship. I think, I mean, that's for anybody, but really, especially middle school, high school, talk to your counselors and, if, and if also, or teachers. And if you don't have somebody, find somebody. If it's not someone at school, but you need to find someone because you need the direction. Because in your early formative years, you need to have people around you, you know, that are educated, that make the, make right choices, so you do those things. Yeah. Because if you're not around that, then it's easy it's easy to get involved in in just bad things and make the wrong friends and just you know and just getting just getting involved in things that are not going to be helpful for your life and. Um, that's a big thing for me like because for instance like you know i just i'm glad i did the nursing school i started it it was a two-year it's actually a one-year and nine-month program but it took me uh, two years to do it and i did that when i was 34 and i'm 36 now but there's so many of my other friends or people that i know that are already like doctors or pharmacists or lawyers or starting in the military on any of the branches, Army, Navy, or Marines, whatever. And they did that when they were a lot younger, and they're doing so well right now. Like, they're in their 30s, and they have their own house, and they, they have a good life, and they're doing well financially. And there's, like, always there's things I wish I could have done differently, but I grew up in a different time, and there was a lot of things that weren't there for me. Yeah. Um, so that's a big thing. My big thing, I would say, I just, even just for parents, like, just to love your children, like, okay, like, just be there for your kids, listen to your kids, even, even if you have to work through them being LGBT, and that's not what you wanted, or, you know, whatever, that, that is still your child, do you know what I'm saying, and yeah. you need to, like, you need to love your children, Love makes all the difference, and caring about people makes all the difference for them to have a fulfilling life. Yeah. Well, so, thank you, Gabe. Um, the thing is, so oh, but the last thing, I'm sorry, but just yeah. one more thing, I'm sorry. <laughs> a key thing is I want to tell them is to advocate for yourself. Advocate for yourself and stand up for yourself. If you're being mistreated or you're being singled out, and treated unfair, you know, just any of that type of stuff. Stand up for yourself and speak up. Yeah. Because you do not have to go. You do not have to deal with being abused. You do not have to deal with being treated in a in a prejudiced, nasty manner. Like oh, you can't control what everybody's going to do, but especially in regards to you going to school or going to work or and any type of endeavors where you're trying to better yourself and try to be a part of your community you do not do not deserve to be treated poorly yeah so take a stand and speak up so i'm gonna leave it there sorry yes, no you're totally fine thank you so much for just being on the episode i i you're really a mentor to me and i really do look up to you and i do applaud you for everything you've done for the your community and applaud you for everything you're going to do in the future within the medical community um do you have anything else um no i, I think I've, I've said it all <laughs> awesome so i'm solana and i'll see you next